Paris-Musée Olympic. When sport becomes an art, works of art tell their own stories. A podcast produced by Paris-Musée. Paris-Musée Olympic means having one foot in the history of art, one in the history of sport, and the rest of the body wholly immersed in a work of art. Close your eyes, dive into a painting, slip into your sneakers and saddle up for the Olympics by listening to what the Paris Museum's collections have to say about themselves. Come on then, on your marks, get set, go. Today we are slipping into clothes worn by female tennis players during the 1930s. Not here. Not here either. But where are the women's changing rooms? Taking up tennis at my age? What a bad idea. That being said, it is the year 1938. And I get the impression that tennis is undergoing a true revolution. Especially women's tennis. Ah, here it is. Hello. Hi. Is this your first time on a tennis court too? Certainly not. I began when I was 12 and I recommend not finding yourself on the other end of my serve. Especially today. I had a bad day. Oh, I'm sorry. And may I ask what happened? <sighs> my idol, my heroine, the tennis player Susan Langland died today. A violent form of leukemia. She was incredible. She was the one who made me want to play. She was champion of the world at 15 and Olympic champion at 21. She won 241 tournaments, 181 games in a row and 98% of her matches. Can you imagine? That is impressive. And it's also a nice answer to Baron de Coubertin, who believed that the Olympics were the solemn and periodic exaltation of male athletism with female clapping as a reward. During the 1900 Paris Olympics, there were only five disciplines open to women. Golf, horse riding, sailing, croquet, and tennis. She is my role model. You've noticed my taffeta skirt, which is bold enough to show my knees, and my knitted sweater with short sleeves. You can also touch the silk headband in my hair. Oh, yeah, those are very nice clothes you're wearing. Very stylish. But what has that got to do with anything? Well, Susan also revolutionized the style of dress. Before, tennis was a garden party sport. And to play, women needed to wear elegant down clothes. <laughs> so you mean you had to hold your racket with one hand, your mm -hmm. petticoat in the other, yeah. while holding onto your hat yeah. and pulling up your shigo sleeves, and at the same time hitting the ball? Absolutely! And there was even an optional extra layer, a pinafore to slip the balls in. Interesting. And how did you change that? It must have caused quite a stir. She was free and such an avant-gardist. She was the first to show her ankles and her bare arms and to stop wearing a corset during matches. She even dared to have a low-cut neckline. And there wasn't even a scandal. She started young, and at her age, it wasn't seen as a transgression. And from 1919 to 1926, she was the one setting the tone. Well, even though where colors are concerned, white is still largely predominant. 
Come on, shall we play a few rallies? All right then. Have you heard of Jean Patou? The fashion designer. Yes, he designed clothes for Josephine Baker, didn't he? Absolutely! And Suzanne Langlin too! He was the one who designed the pleated skirt for her, the kind I'm wearing now. A silk skirt, shorter and washable. That was a first. Susan always fought for greater freedom of movement for women and for indifferentiated clothes between the sexes. After retiring for good, she even became a fashion designer for sportswear. Well, at the same time, I guess that earning a living as a tennis player can't be easy. Do you think you could live from playing? Not with tournaments, no. We're considered amateurs, so we're paid no wages. To become a professional and earn a living, I would have to do sports show. The Federation calls them exhibitions. For a long time, Susan tried denouncing a system where everyone earned money with her matches, except her. If we play a game of doubles against those two young ladies over there, would that do? Come on, I'll let you serve. Yes, excuse me ladies, would you mind if we join you? Thank you. Too bad. You remind me of the female champion who has just won Roland Garros, Simone Mathieu. Less acrobatic and stylish than Suzanne, more of a baseline talker. 50 love to us! <sighs> anyway, I hope that in the future people will be talking more about our talent than our clothes. Well, at the risk of disappointing you, unfortunately not. I can talk to you about the year 1949. The American tennis player Gertrude Moran created a scandal at Wimbledon in clothes conceived by the fashion designer and tennis player Ted Tinling. Bertie Love! Easy. And why was that? Well, as she was playing, you could spot the lace of her underwear beneath her skirt. The outfit was deemed too short and against the rules of the tournament, which accused her of, quote, unquote... Introducing vulgarity and sin in tennis. Let's! And after that? Well, I can talk about 2018 as well. On the court, the American tennis player, Serena Williams, wore a long black catsuit. A true superwoman. And another scandal. Nice backhand! 40, love! But are there actually any laid-out rules? In 2018, it read as follows... Players must wear a clean and appropriate outfit, which does not prevent there being a whole lot of sexism. Yes! Woo! One set to us! <laughs> I'm completely Woo! out of breath. Anyway, let us thank the invincible Suzanne, as inspiring in her playing than in her battles. <sighs> yes! Shall we have a break? <laughs> How about a glass of cognac in her honor? She always downed a few drops between sets. Come on, let's get a head start and also celebrate the fact that from 1996, the second court at Roland Garros will be named after her. Cheers! This fictional dialogue provides an auditory immersion based on the sleeveless tennis robe unsigned, made from ivory-coloured cotton canvas, with a trompe-l'oeil tie pattern and flat-pleated skirt. 
dated circa 1925 and kept in the Palais Galliera, the city of Paris Fashion Museum. That was Paris Musée Olympic, a podcast by Paris Musée created by Nuit Noir. Did you like it? Discover the other museums by listening to Paris Musée Olympic. Mm-hmm.